1 John chapter 1, verse 5. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Let us pray. Lord, we do thank you for another day. Thank you for another privilege to preach. Thank you for the word of God. Lord, help me to be a help and a blessing. You know every need, you know every heart. And I pray you'd meet those needs today. Lord, I pray for those that are sick and not able to be here. We pray for their soon return. Bless and have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. We'll talk to you today about God's forgiveness. Forgiveness in the Bible means to send away. In the Old Testament, it's typified by the scapegoat, the Day of Atonement. And it's testified to by the burial of Christ. The Bible said the gospel is that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. And that he was buried. That he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. The word burial again is a, is a picture of, of our sins being removed. Of our sins being taken away. There's been quite a bit in the news in the last week or so about... Uh, the last minute pardons of President Clinton. And some uh, were, are not looked on very, very uh, uh, in an affirmative way by both Democrats and Republicans. But that's uh, his uh, right to do that, evidently, as President of the United States, whether you may agree or not. But anyway, a, a pardon is an act of a sovereign. Uh, we're not pardoned, we are forgiven. To be forgiven is an act of the Father. And we have this unique relationship with Jesus Christ. Now forgiveness is uh, for both Jews and Gentiles. As Paul preached to the Jews in Antioch in Acts chapter 13. Let's turn there please, page 1167. We'll be back to 1 John in a moment here. In Acts chapter 13, verse 26. And men and brethren, children of the stock of Abraham, and whosoever among you feareth God, to you is the word of this salvation sin. For they that dwell at Jerusalem and their rulers, because they knew him not, nor yet the voices of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath day, they have fulfilled them in condemning him. Though they found no cause of death in him, yet desired they piled that he should be slain. And when they had fulfilled all that was written of him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a sepulcher, but God raised him from the dead. And then in verse 38 and 39, Be it known unto you therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. And by, by him all that believe are justified from all things from which you cannot be justified by the law of Moses. Now sins of the Old Testament were atoned for. The word atone means to cover uh, and until Christ would come and remove them 
or forgive them, take them away. And uh, this is what he's preaching here. Now in chapter 26, we have Paul preaching to the Gentiles. Chapter 26 of Acts, verse 17 and 18. Delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles on whom now I send these, recounting his conversion on the road to Damascus and how God told him what to do then. Verse 18, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light, the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. So forgiveness is offered to Jew, Gentiles, rich, poor, bond free, black, white. God's forgiveness is available. Now let's go back to 1 John. We'll talk about this forgiveness. Uh, we find the cost of God's forgiveness. Well, the cost to you and I is zero. Uh, this is the great, uh, uh, you know, dividing uh, factor that divides religion from salvation. And religion teaches that it's not free, that you have to do something, you have to earn God's favor. But that's not grace, according to Romans eleven six. 6. Uh, but it doesn't cost us anything, but it costs God a great deal. And that's what he tells us in verse 7 of 1 John, but it will walk in the light as he is in the light. We have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. What is the cost of forgiveness? The cost is the blood of Christ. That uh, when we sin and God forgives us, it costs the blood of Jesus Christ to make that forgiveness possible. To sin away. It's no, God uh, puts it away forever, His forgiveness. In the book of Ephesians 1 verse 7, In whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. Colossians 1.14, In whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins. So thank God for forgiveness. Let's look at Luke in chapter 7. The book of Luke chapter 7, uh, verse 41, page 1083. The book of Luke chapter 7, verse 41. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed 500 pence and the other 50. When they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Now that's God's forgiveness. Uh, one owes ten times as much as another, but neither one has anything to pay with. Some people say, well, I'm, I'm not as bad as so-and-so. You know, I'm not as bad a sinner as this individual. But the Bible said you can keep the whole law and yet offend at one point. You're guilty of all. And cursed is everyone that contended not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. Though we may not have committed sin to the, to the extent that someone else has, does not free us from the condition that we are a sinner. And we all need the forgiveness of God. They had nothing to pay. He frankly forgave them both. And that's what God has done for you and I. Nothing in my hands I bring. 
Simply to thy cross I cling, O Lamb of God, I come. I'm glad you can come to God like that. You can come to God with all of your sin, where it be 500 or 50. Uh, and God will forgive you and receive you and cleanse you. There's forgiveness with the Lord. In Ephesians 4.32, God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. And why does, how does God forgive us? On the basis of Jesus Christ. He doesn't forgive me on the, uh, the basis of my own goodness. And well, I deserve to be saved more than someone else. No, through that blood of Jesus Christ, that payment that was made on the cross of Calvary, God can forgive me of my sin. So we see the cost is the blood. Then the conditions of God's forgiveness. Uh, verse 9, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now I realize he's writing here to believers that have already been saved. And the word confess means to agree with God. To say the same thing God says about it. God, you say it is wrong, I agree. I don't try to justify my sin. I don't excuse it. I don't, I don't try to say, well, I don't see anything wrong with this. I just come clean and say, it's wrong, I acknowledge it, I admit it. That's the condition. Proverbs 28, 13, He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. Acts 5, 31, Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior, for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. The book of Luke again, chapter 17, and verse uh, 3 and 4. That's page 1099. Book of Luke, chapter 17, and verse 3 and 4. And Jesus is teaching uh, the disciples a lesson in forgiveness. And uh, in uh, verse 3 of chapter 17 of Luke, Take heed to yourselves. If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. If he repent, forgive him. How often? Verse 4, And if he trespass against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turn again to thee, saying, I repent, thy shalt forgive him. And Jesus, Peter said, uh, uh, Lord, he goes, says, uh, My brother trespass against thee, and I forgive him seven times. He said, I say not unto thee seven times, but seventy times seven. Now, if God instructed us to do that, do you think he would do less? As often as you need forgiveness, you can find it with the Lord. Now, that doesn't mean that uh, we, we are like the, the Catholics sometimes. You can sin all you want to as long as you go to Mass and tell the priest about it. No, God uh, does not excuse our sin and tell us to, uh, we, can, we can sin and confess it and go do it again. Well, I get drunk today, I go confess it, then I can go get drunk tomorrow. I'm free to get drunk. No, God expects us to quit that drinking. But uh, God's conditions, if we confess it, He'll forgive us over and over again. Every day He'll forgive us. And we probably sin every day, don't we? Uh, in thought, word, or deed, or in not doing what we know we ought to do. And so he commands us to repent. Now in Second Chronicles chapter 6, 
We have an illustration of this in the Old Testament, page 495. If you'd like to look at it in 2 Chronicles chapter 6. We have five times as the temple there is being dedicated to the Lord, Solomon asked God to forgive. Verse number 21, Hearken therefore unto the supplications of thy servant and of thy people Israel, which they shall make toward this people. Hear thy from thy dwelling place, even from heaven, and when thy hearest, forgive. Then in verse 25, Then hear thy from heaven and forgive the sin of thy people Israel. Verse 27 says basically the same thing. Then verse number 30, Hear thy from heaven thy dwelling place and forgive. And then verse 39, he, uh, Hear thy from the heavens even from thy dwelling place their prayer and their supplication. Maintain their cause and forgive thy people which have sinned against thee. So five times in his sermon, he asks God and petitions God if they, if they pray toward this place, and ask you to forgive them, then I want you to forgive them. And God responds in chapter 7, in verse number 12, And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night, and said unto him, I have heard thy prayer, and have chosen this place to myself from house of sacrifice. If I shut up heaven that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, so he basically says, if I bring judgment because of your sin, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from the wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. You have this, this uh, verse used many times in revival services. He said, if my people will humble themselves and pray, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. God expects us. Repentance has the idea, a change of mind, and results in a change of life, a change of direction. And so these are the conditions. We must acknowledge our sin and be willing to turn from our sin. We don't turn from our sin in order to get saved. As a condition, God will accept us as sinners, but when He saves us, we have to be willing to do that. A person that says, well, I, I want to be saved, but I want to be a drunk too. God says, no deal. <laughs> I'll forgive you. I'll cleanse you. I'll take that away from you. But you have to acknowledge it. You have to be willing to turn from that sin and, and to, to uh, say the same thing God says about it. Jeremiah 36, 3, It may be that the house of Judah will hear all the evil that I purpose to do unto them, that they may return every man from his evil way, that I may forgive their iniquity and their sin. So uh, God uh, will forgive and uh, if we acknowledge it and admit it. Then there's the certainty of God's forgiveness. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You say, I'm not sure where God's forgiven me or not. Well, have you confessed it? If you confessed it, God promised to forgive us and God can't lie about it. We, we not to be like the two men or women, wherever you want to tell the story, I guess. The doctor says you're going to die. And uh, they, they had this, uh, this problem between them. And 
And so uh, when they heard the news, they, they said, well, the doctor told me that, that I, I, I can't live. And, and I know we've not been speaking and we've been mad at each other and, and said, I, I, I don't want to die like that and, and I want to make that right. But said this one thing, just in case I don't die, everything remains the same. Now, is that forgiveness? <laughs> I don't think so. God's not like that, is He? God doesn't say, you know, He doesn't put those, those conditions. The Lord, the Lord forgives us unconditionally with no strings attached. If we confess, if we acknowledge it, if we admit it, if we own up to it, the Lord said, I'll forgive you. How do I know I'm forgiven? The Word of God. How do I know I'm saved? The Word of God. That's my hope. I've anchored everything. I may not live till morning. I may not live till night. But whatever comes, I have the promise of God that I've been forgiven and saved. That's what I'm clinging to. That's what I'm hanging on to is the promise of this book. And nothing else. I'm not, I'm not depending on my goodness or the fact that I'm a preacher or any other thing. It's all on the basis of the blood of Christ. And in Psalm 86, verse 5, For thy Lord art good and ready to forgive, and plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. You know, God will forgive anybody if they'll come to Him and acknowledge their sin. Doesn't make any difference how bad a sinner they are, uh, how, much, how much sin they've committed, they can be forgiven. He's a God of mercy. In the book of Mark, chapter 2, we have the story of the paralyzed man, the palsied man, and uh, it happens at Capernaum uh, there. And uh, this man is paralyzed, so therefore he can't get to the meeting. And these four friends uh, get him, put him on his stretcher, and they, they carry him over there. And when they get there, they can't get in. Uh, kind of reminds me of a, uh, Mac Hodge. He, he said he was preaching revival somewhere. And he said when he got there, he said the church is full. They were standing at the door trying to get in. And uh, he was trying to get in as well. And, and uh, he, this lady, he said, he said, I've got to get in. I'm the preacher. Said she looked at him and said, if you're a preacher, the woods are full of them. <laughs> so he didn't look like much of a preacher, but uh, to her anyway. But anyway, they, they get there and they can't get in the, in the church. So they go up on top of the roof and tear the roof off, tear a hole in the roof. Now you have to understand, of course, roofs in that part of the world are flat roof and, and it might be a little hard the way we build houses today. But they let this man down there through the roof in front of Jesus. And the Bible says when Jesus, verse 5, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Well, uh, he, doesn't, he doesn't heal him. He doesn't say get up and walk. He said thy sins be forgiven thee. And, of course, the scribes were there, and they reasoned. And verse 7, Why doth this man thus speak blasphemies? Can, who can forgive sins but God only? Who does he think he is? Immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whether it is, whether is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise, take up thy bed, and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins, he said to the sick of the palsy. 
I say unto thee, Arise, take up thy bed, and go thy way into thine house. And immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went forth before them all insomuch that they were all amazed, and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. Well, he was God, wasn't he? They said, Nobody can forgive sins but God. He said, I want to prove to you that I can forgive sins and that I'm God. And he healed the man of the palsy. The certainty of God's forgiveness. He did receive God's forgiveness and he received God's healing as well. Then there's the completeness of God's forgiveness. And uh, in verse 7 again of 1 John 1, If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another in the blood of Jesus Christ. His Son cleanses us from all sin. No sin too great that God can't forgive. Except one, we'll talk about that in a moment. God has chosen, it wouldn't be too great, but God's chosen not to. But the completeness of God's forgiveness cleanses us from all sin. All of my sins are paid for. All of my sins are paid for. In fact, they were paid for uh, before, I'd ever, before I was ever even born. People say, how can God pay for, how can our future sins, how, how can that be paid for? Well, when Jesus died, we wasn't even around. And he paid for all of our sins by his death on the cross. That's why you can go to heaven when you die. Because sin's been paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. His Son cleanses us from all sin. I'm glad I'm not saved on the installment plan. Some people are making payments. But God forgives us and cleanses us from all sin. The completeness of God's forgiveness. Psalm 103 verse 3, Who forgiveth all thine iniquities. And in Romans 4, Verse 7 and 8, he talks about blessed, where David is talking about the blessing is to be forgiven. Blessed are they whose sins are forgiven. Uh, Well, I can't quote it exactly. Let me just find it. Romans chapter 4, and I'll get it exactly right. Romans 4, verse 7 and 8. Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is a man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. And so uh, our sins are forgiven. In Hebrews 10, 17, their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Uh, we're not going to have to stand before God to be judged for sins. We're going to be judged for our works. Our sins are paid for by the blood of Jesus. But our works to determine reward will be judged whether good or bad. So there is a completeness of God's forgiveness. Thank God for, for God's forgiveness. Now let's go to Matthew chapter 12 and we'll look at uh, the limit. There is one sin that you cannot be forgiven for. And I've heard all kind of ridiculous explanations of what this sin is. It's in Matthew chapter 12. Some say, well, this has to be suicide. Because if you kill yourself, you're dead and you can't get forgiveness because you're already dead. You can't ask the Lord to forgive you. But let me say what the Bible said, the thought of foolishness is sin. What if I have a foolish thought and I die before I can ask the Lord to forgive me? Then what happens to me? Uh, Or what if a person 
you know, said, said something they should not have said. Said in the Bible, said every idle word the men will speak, they'll give an account there on the day of judgment. And they, they speak an idle word and have an accident or kill suddenly or have, an, have a heart attack and they die before they can get forgiveness. You're right back at the same condition. It's not, it's not suicide. It's not any of those things. It's exactly what the Bible says it is. In Matthew chapter 12. Now the setting, uh, Jesus heals a demoniac and uh, the Pharisees say why he does it through the devil. Bill's above. Uh, he, this, this man is of the devil and this is the devil doing this. And in verse 31, Jesus says, Wherefore I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men. But the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. And whosoever speaketh a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world, neither in the world to come. Now what is the blaspheme of the Holy Spirit? It's speaking against the Holy Ghost, just like just what the Bible says it is. It's not some manufactured people say, well, it's unbelief. That's not what Jesus said. They say, well, and, and that's what I heard in, in, in Bible college. You know, they said, well, the only, the only sin God won't forgive you for is the sin of unbelief. Because if you don't believe in Jesus, then you can't go to heaven. Well, that is true. If you don't believe in Jesus, you're not going to heaven. But that's not the blaspheme of the Holy Spirit. That is, he said, if you speak against the Son of Man, it'll be forgiven you. But if you speak a word against the Holy Ghost, it'll not be forgiven you. And I believe it is, and I, I think this, the context uh, where, where the Lord talks about it, where they are scribing to Satan the works of this Jesus is casting out devils through the power of God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, and they call the Holy Spirit a devil. They say, this is the devil. They ascribe to Satan the works of the Spirit, and Jesus says, you've committed a sin that you can't be forgiven for. Now because, you say why? Because the Holy Spirit is the one that draws, that convicts us and draws us to Christ. And if he's blasphemed in a way that he leaves us and no longer convicts us and no longer draws us, then a person can't be saved. And I believe that is unpardonable sin. And this is the only sin that God will not forgive a person for. But every other sin doesn't make any difference. Murder. Adultery, you name it, whatever sin, drunkenness, whatever sin it is, whatever sin you can imagine, God said, I'll forgive you. All manner of sin and blasphemy will be forgiven. Even if you speak against the Son of Man, He said, even if you speak against me and, and, and blaspheme me, I'll forgive you of that. But if you blaspheme the Holy Spirit, I will not forgive you because there is no agent to draw us to God. I'm glad for the forgiveness of God. His forgiveness, His cleansing, His blood that paid for all of my sin, and then that daily forgiveness that I need from the Lord, not just daily, but maybe several times a day if necessary. If I do wrong, if I have a wrong thought, if I say a wrong word, if I don't do what I know I should have done, all those are sins and are to be confessed that we might maintain fellowship with the Lord. We're still His child. We, hadn't, we, we don't cease being a child of God. If I have an evil thought, uh, just like your child, you say to your child, throw the trash out. They don't throw it out. You say, you're not my child anymore. I disown you. No. 
you know, that you correct them. Say, now do what I told you to do. That's the way God does us. And we're corrected uh, where we fail the Lord. Okay, let's bow our heads, please.